Welcome to our podcast series. Thank you so much for your interest. Stefan Tubbs with News Talk 710 KNUS in Denver. I'm on Monday through Friday, 4 to 7 p.m. Mountain Time. We have slowed the number of podcasts that we're doing right now as we do, as we record this on Friday, April 14th, 2023. We now know the date of the preliminary hearing for Dr. James Craig. It will be 9 a.m. Mountain Time on Friday, June 2nd for, again, that preliminary hearing and expect to have sensational headlines come out of that. That is not what this podcast series is about. Every single episode I have tried to say, start off with or in the middle, or most certainly as we conclude, that it is not lost upon me that in this headline-grabbing, sensationalized story already, there are six children, three over the age of 18, considered adults, but three under the age of 18, considered obviously minors, six children involved in the case of my former dentist, Dr. James Craig of Summerbrook Dental in Aurora, accused of premeditated first-degree murder and poisoning his wife to death via arsenic last month. Again, I did not know Angela Craig well, but I had met her on several occasions. I did at another radio station there advertising. And one of the reasons why I repeat this in every episode is you just never know if someone is picking up from episode one or this may be the first one. But this particular episode in particular to me is not only stunning, fascinating, unbelievable, but it is really where the house of cards officially start to crumble if, in fact, you believe the more than 50-page arrest affidavit. We have gone through, most certainly I've given you my opinion, but we have stuck to the facts. And in this final episode, these are the final texts between Angela Craig and her husband, Dr. Jim Craig, who, as we record this, and from the moment he was arrested, is innocent until proven guilty. Before we get into the final several seven to eight text pages of the text messages, which would be right around Tuesday, March 14th into Wednesday, March 15th. I just want to go over almost as a review quickly, and forgive me if I go through a lot of notes. I've got a lot of pieces of paper in front of me. But starting on March 6th of last year, just some of the excerpts from the texts. Angela Craig texting her husband, and I'm quoting, my head feels funny and dizzy. I feel very strange. I don't feel right in my head. I feel drugged. She would text later, Tuesday, March 7th, for example. She would say, my head is killing me. He would text her, God really does know what he's doing. There were the I love yous we talked about and not to be sensational and headline creating, but he is texting his wife, I had a dream I was making love to you last night. Uh, also, Angela Craig, just excerpts. I'm cold, super tired, weak, and shaky. Uh, he's asking her her condition. He is trying to not only continue to run his dental practice, but also because she is in the hospital a total of three times, he is running the household as well. He texts at one point on, uh, on a Wednesday early last month. I hope they figure this out. He tells her at one point last month during texts that uh, he's overwhelmed and that he feels that he is drowning in all of the pressure. He texts at one point, 
I hope there's nothing seriously wrong with you. And she had said to him before, well, the surgeons and the doctors at both Parker Adventist Hospital and University Hospital in Denver, they're, they're baffled, they're puzzled. And at one point, if you recall in past episodes that, well, they've determined that this issue is not surgical. Again, I feel groggy and drugged, she says. And just a few more before we get into our final batch of texts. I miss you, she says in a text to her husband. I'm hurting, she says. I don't feel good. I'll talk to you soon, I hope. And I feel super tired. So when we last had uh, our kind of in-depth look at the text messages between Dr. Jim Craig and his wife, Angela, she was still in Parker Adventist Hospital. She would be released that Tuesday. But within, I believe, 24 hours, she was admitted for a third time to a hospital. This would be University Hospital. And she would be declared brain dead, admitted on a Wednesday. She would be declared brain dead the following Saturday at 4.29 p.m. And we last picked up or left off with a text message from Jim Craig that that basically stated, time for bed exercise. And I want to pick up there with, with her response. She says, how about let's make sure I don't feel like committing first. He says, committing. She says, ha, exclamation point, vomiting. Okay, commit to not vomiting, he says. I'll work on it, she says. I fell asleep. Good night, baby, exclamation point, exclamation point. I love you. The texts continue on Tuesday, the 14th of March. What are your O2 sats not on oxygen? And what's your heart rate today? She says 96 and 110. Not bad, he says. Any idea if they're going to get you out of there for sure? Says no idea. Now, this is the morning of Tuesday, March 14th. A little time goes by. He says, geez, this morning is nuts. How's yours? Any news yet? She says, lots of people coming in and out. When the nurse comes in next, uh, I'll ask about the doctor and discharge. He says, okay, great. Were you able to hold down your breakfast? I've been trying to sleep. And uh, at least on my copy, it's a little bit hard to read, but uh, I haven't had breakfast. Makes sense, he says. Keep sleeping. You need it. I drank a protein drink. She texts her husband. He says, good. A bit later on, Jim Craig to his wife, I'm headed over to visit you now. Do you want me to bring you some Chick-fil-A? No, my stomach is still a little meh. I'll order a sandwich. To which Jim Craig, again, following the arrest affidavit and the allegations that he ordered arsenic off of Amazon.com, delivered to his home on March 4th, the Craig home in Aurora, He's accused of using that arsenic that was delivered, first purchased for $13 online. He's accused of spiking her protein drinks. And I found this interesting. He says to her on Tuesday, that drink you gave me tastes weird. Again, I'm not all about the sensational headlines. You can leave that to the National Enquirer and and others, but... 
when you think of the allegations and you think of the arrest affidavit and he is texting that, very, very bizarre. Good to know, she says, I won't drink one. It's stunning. If, again, you believe the evidence collected by the Aurora Police Department in a relatively short amount of time, if that is accurate and the arrest affidavit is accurate, one more time. He says, that drink you gave me tastes weird. She says, good to know, I won't drink one. Stunning. He then replies, it wasn't bad necessarily, it just had kind of a very faint, subtle, chalky aftertaste. She replies, from the hospital, yuck. They said yeah to the some drug, forgive me, I'm not a doctor, and uh, they're putting it together now. Uh, he says, I'm sorry, your sinuses are hurting. She says, it's okay, I'm sure I'll be fine. It's okay, I'm sure I will be fine. He says the meds will help. And these are some of the last texts. She replies, thank you for taking care of me. He replies, of course, don't forget you still have caffeinated crystal light. If you want it or if you want uh, some fresh with ice, I can make some and bring it to you. This is not from a source. This is what I have heard, the scuttlebutt, if you will. People have at least questioned over the last month, is he possibly trying to poison her via bringing in food and drink. That's what I've heard. I have zero basis to believe that that's true, to believe that that's not true, but I have certainly heard that in covering this the last month or so. Angela Craig replies, no, this is good. I have a sandwich coming, so that'll be perfect. She then says, my mouth tastes like medicine. Then later, Doc just signed off and is getting my paperwork together. If she gets done soon, I'll have their daughter get me. If not, can you come at three? This is again on a Tuesday afternoon. She would later be released and within 24 hours would be back at another hospital. So they go on. He says that he should be able to do it. She says, as far as the pickup when she's going to be discharged from the hospital for a second time. She replies later that Tuesday, it's okay if you can't. There are plenty of good people who can come get me. I just like you best. He says, thanks, exclamation point. I like you too. We'll kind of skip over the next, most of the next text screen page. And there's some attempts at at humor, etc. And then, By later on, Angela Craig is back home. So they've figured out who's going to get her, how she's going to get home, and she is, in fact, at home. And then Wednesday, the 15th of March, which as we record this on Friday, April 14th, is stunning to me still, telling my producer, Mark Crowley, this is all still so recent. This is officially less than one month ago. Tomorrow will be, as we record this again, Saturday the 15th will be the one-month mark since Angela Craig goes back into the hospital for a final time. She would never come out. And that was on Wednesday, March 15th. They talk more 
about this and that, and they exchange texts. And one of the things that on Wednesday she sends to her husband, we, uh, we can really dizzy this morning, I having trouble staying upright. She is getting worse. She's not getting better, though, the day before she was released from the hospital. Now, we all know how it is, whether it's voice to text or fat thumbs, you can certainly make typos and you send it and then you realize there's a typo. But I think this is one that I really wanted to focus on, at least to mention one more time. This is from Angela Craig. On the Wednesday, she would be admitted to University Hospital. And I quote, we can really dizzy this morning. I having trouble staying upright. And regardless of what happens in this case, I say I don't want to forget the kids, and I mean that. We'll give you an updated reminder of the GoFundMe that is now currently in operation, $100,000 goal. The Angela Prey Craig Children's Fund will remind you of that at the end of this podcast. But these are some of the final texts that she would be able, not only perhaps mentally, but, but physically able to send. We'll pick up at the end from Jim Craig to his wife on that Wednesday. You feeling any better? Maybe you're getting some much needed rest. I believe this is because there has been no communication, no texts back and forth, at least as much as as we have seen, certainly, and highlighted in this podcast series. Again, you feeling any better? Maybe you're getting some much needed rest. I love you and hope you start feeling better, exclamation point. And then about midway through the 11 o'clock hour on Wednesday morning, I believe, I believe he's now at the hospital. Angela was taken to University Hospital by her brother that Wednesday, and right around midday, the text from Jim Craig, I'm here but waiting in line like I'm checking in to visit a prisoner or something. Security is taking people back one at a time. And then another text, how are you feeling? It would be that night, that Wednesday, March 15th, that truly, to me, the house of cards stumbles, starts to crack, if not start to completely collapse. It was that night that the business partner and his wife, Jim Craig, They are at the bedside of Angela Craig, and to the best of my recollection of the rest affidavit and uh, in talking with sources, Angela Craig at that moment in time was unconscious and she would never regain it. Now, I certainly strive to be accurate more than anything in this, and that is how I understand it as of our record time. And uh, if that should need a correction or a retraction, I certainly will issue that in a further in a further podcast episode. I want to go directly to, as, as we wrap up in the next several minutes here, going to what I believe is page 23 of the 50-plus page arrest affidavit put together by an Aurora police detective. Reading from that, and I quote, on March 16th, 2023, so this would be the early Thursday morning, uh, the house of cards starts to, to crumble just to... to finish that thought, that's when 
Jim Craig leaves the room, the hospital room. The business partner pulls a nurse aside and says, have you all checked for poisoning? We think perhaps she's been poisoned. And then fast forward, not quite sure how long, but then there's the call from the hospital, from Jim Craig to the business partner and his wife, who are literally in the parking lot or leaving University Hospital, the call that we've talked about over Bluetooth, on the speakerphone, all kinds of very strange statements, comments from Jim Craig. And that is when the business partner says, Jim, stop talking, get a lawyer. That was the night of Wednesday, March 15th. And quoting from the affidavit, on March 16th, 2023, Detective Harris was sworn in by Arapaho, by an Arapaho County uh, magistrate. And that night, or that day of March 16th, there were signed warrants for Jim Craig's iPhone, the hard drive that was eventually collected from dental exam room number nine at Summerbrook Dental. And it should be noted that once the business partner had told the nurse on the evening of Wednesday, March 15th, the nurse is a mandatory reporter. She contacts the Aurora Police Department. And it was by 12.30-ish, 12.30 a.m., Thursday, March 16th, the first Arapaho, excuse me, the first Aurora police detective would arrive at University Hospital and begin what really can be called the first steps in this official investigation. It is still a stunning story, and I can, I can tell you, quite honestly, after doing now this episode 11, it still hasn't fully uh, sunk into me. I want to just, as we wrap up, off the top of my head, you've got an alleged affair that has been going on for quite some time with an orthodontist from Texas. We will get into that in later episodes. It is not my intent to try to destroy this woman's life in the greater Austin area. And quite frankly, I'd be too late. Her life has already been destroyed by some uh, connected with, for example, the Daily Mail. She actually last month had to call the local authorities because she felt she was being harassed, etc. We'll get into that. But you've got someone who has been accused of being porn addicted. You have someone who has been accused of infidelity in the past. You have someone who has been accused of being suicidal in the past and admitting that he drugged his wife at one point over the years to make sure that she did not interfere with his suicide attempt. You've got on February 27th, you've got the creation of jimandwaffles at gmail.com. You've got a history, according to the affidavit, of searching for things like how much arsenic does it take to kill a person. You've got an order of arsenic placed via Amazon.com for $13. You have that delivered to the Craig home in Aurora on March 4th. You have allegations of him administering the arsenic via her protein drinks. We've heard through the affidavit there were security cameras both internally and externally at the Craig home in Aurora. You have truly what 
could be described as, really, I think actually it's indescribable. An order placed for potassium cyanide to be delivered to the offices of Summerbrook Dental. Coming in on a Friday, Jim Craig allegedly calling, telling the front office staff, do not open this package. As I have said many times on my regular show and on this podcast series, with all due respect, whoops, it was opened. And that started everything. One of the individuals at Summerbrook Dental who open up the box that says biohazard material, sees inside a cylindrical container that says on the label, potassium cyanide. The business partner gets involved. People start asking questions. And in the meantime, not lost on me, is Angela Craig is getting sicker and sicker and sicker and sicker. It is truly unlike any story that I have covered in more than 33 years of my career, not to mention knowing Jim Craig pretty well since I did his advertising. And as I mentioned in the last podcast episode, made eye contact with him at 331, in fact, one week ago today. The last time I'd made eye contact, I believe he gave me a root canal. I want to end this podcast with, once again, you'll see on your screen where we are, and I say we as a collective caring group of citizens, where we are, where the family is on the $100,000 goal for the fundraiser through GoFundMe. You can see that information. Again, the Angela Prey Craig Children's Fund. Not quite sure how many episodes we will have between now and June 2nd. I do realize that there are several weeks to go, but I believe in our next one we'll pick up and it will be after the search warrants have been signed by the magistrate judge, we will pick up on the searches particularly on the iPhones of Jim and Angela Craig and the searches and the histories of what would be found on a computer inside dental exam room number nine. Hope you have a a good weekend again as we record this on a Friday. Keep that family in your thoughts. Keep those children, no matter the ages, the six kids in your thoughts. And again, If this is compelling enough to you to want to get involved, I encourage you to make a donation to that GoFundMe site and the Angela Prey Craig Children's Fund. For producer Mark Crowley, I'm Stephen Tubbs. We'll talk to you next time.